Psalms 78, entitled, What God Has Done for His People. And as I read this Psalms, I want you to reflect on what God has done for you. And it began, My friends, I beg you to listen as I teach. I will give instruction and explain the mystery of what happened long ago. These are things we learned from our ancestors, and we will tell them to the next generation. We won't keep secret the glorious deeds and the mighty miracles of the Lord. You see, verses 1 through 4 talks about how we're going to spread the good news on what God has done for us as an individual, our testimony, what he has done for our families, what he has done in our lifetime. We will spread this good news from generation to generation. God gave his law to Jacob's descendants, the people of Israel, and he told our ancestors to teach their children so that each new generation would know his law and tell it to the next. Then they would trust God and obey his teachings without forgetting anything God had done. They would be different from their ancestors who were stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful to God. Again, we are to spread the good news to each generation. We're going to pass the baton of our testimonies, not forgetting to share the goodness of God, the things he's done for us, how he has been there and been ever so faithful toward us. The warriors from Ephraim were armed with arrows, but they ran away when the battle began. They broke their agreement with God, and they turned their backs on his teachings. They forgot all he had done, even the mighty miracles he did for their ancestors near Zon in Egypt. God made a path. Oh, my God. Listen at this very closely, because this is going to take us down memory lane at the Red Sea. Did God make a path for you when you were experiencing the Red Sea experience? Yeah, because you're listening to this today. So that tells me that God made a path for you. God made a path in the sea and piled up the water as he led them across. He guided them during the day with a cloud. Haven't God guided you? Yes, he has made a way of escape and guided. And each night he led them with a flaming fire. God made water flow from rocks. He made a way out of no way, didn't he? God made water flow from rocks he split open in the desert, and his people drank freely as though from a lake. 
He made streams gush out like rivers from rocks. But in the desert, the people of God, most high, kept sinning and rebelling. Don't we do that today? God tends to make a way out of no way for us. God multiplies our last ounce of food, our last dime in our pocket. He'll multiply that. And what seemed impossible to us, God made those things possible for us. But in the desert, the people of God most high kept sinning and rebelling. They stubbornly tested God and demanded from him what they wanted to eat. Hmm. They challenged God by saying, can God provide food in here, out here in the desert? It's true God struck the rock and water gushed out like a river. But can but can he give his people bread and meat? He tells us in Matthew, the sixth chapter, take no thought of what you should eat or what you should wear. Because God knows what we need. Yes, he provides for us. He's our provider. When the Lord heard this, he was angry and furious with Jacob's descendants, the people of Israel. They had refused to trust him and they had doubted his saving power. Like Thomas, he said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and in his feet, then I'll believe. How often have we doubted God? Shaken in our knees, so fearful, wrecked with doubt, unbelief, wavering. But God gave a command to the clouds, and he opened the doors in the skies. From heaven he sent grain that they called manna. He gave them more than enough. <laughs> he gave them more than enough. And each one of them ate this special food. Some of us right now today is eating some special food, that more than enough food. <laughs> God's mighty power sent a strong wind from the southeast and it brought birds that covered the ground like sand on the beach. Then God made the birds fall in the camp of his people near their tents. God gave his people all they wanted, and each of them ate until they were full. But before they had swallowed the last bite, God became angry and killed the strongest and best from the families of Israel because of their greed. God was far from their hearts. All they desired was for their bellies to be full. They tempted and tested God, all like battling with him, challenging him. Say, prove me, prove yourself to me. Can you do this? Can you make, can you? Mm. But the rest kept on sinning and would not trust God's miracles. So he cut their lives short and made them terrified. After he killed some of them, the others turned to him with all their hearts. They remembered God most high, the mighty rock that kept them safe. But they tried to flatter God and they told him lies. They were unfaithful and broke their promises. The scripture tells us, be very careful. Don't make a vow to God 
and not keep it. Be it unfaithful. Yet God was kind. He gave, he kept forgiving their sins and didn't destroy them. He often became angry, but never lost his temper. Because the Bible says, yeah, we can be angry, but don't sin in our anger. God remembered that they were made of flesh and were like a wind that blows once and then dies down. While they were in the desert, they often rebelled and made God sad. They kept testing him and caused terrible pain for the Holy One of Israel. They forgot about his power and how he had rescued them from their enemies. You know, we do soon forget once we've gotten what we desired or once we've been rescued, as this Bible tells us, then we forget all about God because we're out of harm's way now. But he did tell us, not by power, not by might, but by his spirit, thus says the Lord. God showed them all kinds of wonderful miracles near Zon in Egypt. He turned the rivers of Egypt into blood, and no one could drink from the streams. He sent swarms of flies to pester the Egyptians, and he sent frogs to cause them trouble. God let worms and grasshoppers eat their crops. He destroyed their grapevines and their fig trees with hail and floods. Then he killed their cattle with hail and their other animals with lightning. God was so angry and furious that he went into a rage and caused them great trouble by sending swarms of destroying angels. God released his anger and slaughtered them in a terrible way. He killed the firstborn son of each Egyptian family. Now, I know some of you may be listening to this, and it may sound as if God was being really hard, but you must remember that God truly knows the heart of humans. He knows the ending at the beginning. God made decisions because he's all-knowing, all-knowing. He knows what's next. Then God led his people out of Egypt and guided them in the desert like a flock of sheep. He led them safely along and they were not afraid, but their enemies drowned in the sea. God brought his people to the sacred mountain that he had taken by his own power. He made nations run from the tribes of Israel and he let the tribes take over their land. The scripture tells us that God is a terrible God. And that God also is a battle axe in the time of battle. God is our father. He's a very present help in the time of need. Once again, he's all knowing. He knows the very core, the very wickedness of a human's heart. And he tells us that our heart is wicked. Who can know it? No one knows it but God. But the people tested God most high and they refused to obey his laws. They were as unfaithful as their ancestors, and they were as crooked as a twisted arrow. God demanded all their love, but they made him angry by worshiping idols. Now that's one thing throughout this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, I can say that, that God hate is when you put anything I can say it like this. Let's go back to grade school. 
in a person, place, or thing before him. That first commandment is to love him with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul. So God became furious and completely rejected the people of Israel. Then he deserted his home at Shiloh, where he lived here on earth. He let enemies capture the sacred chest and let them dishonor him. God took out his anger on his chosen ones and let them be killed by enemy swords. Fire destroyed the young men and the young women were left with no one to marry. Priests died violent death, but their widows were not allowed to mourn. Finally, the Lord woke up like a soldier, startled from a drunken sleep. God scattered his enemies and made them ashamed forever. Then the Lord decided not to make his home with Joseph's descendants in Ephraim. Instead, he chose the tribe of Judah and he chose Mount Zion, the place he loves. There he built his temple as lofty as the mountains and as solid as the earth he made to last forever. The Lord God chose David to be his servant and took him from tending sheep and from caring for lambs. Then God made him the leader of Israel, his own nation. David treated the people fairly and guided them with wisdom. What I read to you is Psalm 78, verses 1 through 72. Go back, read it again. Take your time. Slowly taste and see that the Lord is good. 